last time on Dice Funk. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a firefighter. <gasps> this still seems like an improvement, uh, all things considered. Little boy Justice is like gesturing to Spider, like ah ah. Uh, 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 half-hearted, but you know, thumbs up is given anyways. I I think the 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 last thing Juniper wants to do before heading off to the end of this is to find somewhere perhaps to squirrel away the notes she's been taking throughout this adventure of all the various plants that she's found along the way so that if she isn't to survive this at the very least someone in the party who does survive will know where to come back and find all the research that Juniper's basically dedicated her time up here to to keeping track of the other characters take in your answers. Uh, some uh, like them, some don't. You know, all these characters have sh- different strong opinions on things. Uh, notably, Buddy and uh, Laser don't seem particularly thrilled. And I'll actually say that you see Laser get on to Buddy's swag tusk at this point and is going to be riding with him for the race. Uh, but before you can say much else, Sydney mounts up on the sweetheart and takes uh, flight. Chad is in a suit of armor. Um, I'm I'm gonna point my lightning that way. Lethal or non-lethal? Lethal, lethal. No more <sighs> problems. Tired of being peaceful. So Chad raises the Morning Star to do a, a flaming demon strike on Treyan, who was honestly whipping his ass, and instead a lightning bolt comes down, hits it, and his entire body uh, just turns into a smoking wreckage uh, as this spirit comes unattached and uh, obliterated. How's, how's, how's Ray doing right now? I feel like Ray's not doing great, but I feel like that's the only target that makes sense for me to go after because um, they could start fires. Well, aren't they in gem form? So when they're in the gem form, they're no longer a fire hazard. Oh yeah, if I can like just like pop out the gem, that's perfect. If we don't see anyone uh, ahead of us, we might as well get in there first and then starts to fly ahead to get to the new uh, biome. Oh no, is it is it gonna be Little Boy Justice of the line first? <sighs> So Little Boy Justice 22 takes the lead out of the party as you approach the end of the biome of war, just this long desert. You can see it ends abruptly in a kind of white void. Uh, there, there's nothing obvious to see right now. It just seems like uh, nothingness ahead of you. Uh, you can let Little Boy Justice cross the threshold first or someone can do something about that. Um, it's fully up to you, roleplay wise. Uh, and everything is on the table. All right, can I use intimidation to scare Spider? I'm so sorry, Spider. I mean, I, I yeah. I, I, I just shout fire. Four. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay, so I screamed fire. Yeah. Just, yeah, and that freaked you out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a tree. I'm the only local. I'm the only native in this entire thing, except for the homunculi. Actually, yeah, but. I'm the only need. I'm going in. I saw a spark against the dark, and we erupt, but it's a slow burn. I take a chance, we start to dance, can't see enough to know to turn around. The sound of a bonfire carries over fences, titillates the senses. We can feel the heat, the chill wind is pushing. Like we might be burning 
So Piccolo, you are the first one to cross into the new biome at the edge of the world. And from everyone else's perspective, uh, there is a split second where they think you may have exploded. Um, <laughs> there is just a, a, a burst of color from all around you, and it, it's clearly centering on you. And maybe everyone you know, gasps for a moment, thinking something has gone horribly wrong. But then they see that what is actually happening is you were riding on your dodo and in your wake, as if your body was a paintbrush, you are painting in the environment everywhere you go. So as you race through this white void, you are leaving behind blue sky and floating uh, crystals, as you discussed before, in the kind of ecosystem you wanted to make. And if you dip down, you make air plants that form like the ground that, that will be here. And, you know, the, the water below, the nutrient-rich uh, water we discussed. Um, and it's just following in your wake as your body paints uh, the whole place behind you. Um, Hell that... yeah. Peaceful place for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone else crosses along with you and their bodies begin doing the same, assuming everyone is still on the same plan. Juniper definitely is. Mm-hmm. Do the um, new ones, even in their tiny littleness, get to have some sort of influence? Even though they're in crystal form? If you touch them, if you hold on to them, you can feel a kind of general warmth from them. We've discussed this before, is that they, they can express themselves in very small, non-vocal ways. But they don't seem, like, uh, angry or sad. Like, they lost, but it's like, oh, this place seems cool, too. So um, I, don't, I don't think they're going to vow eternal revenge. What if we make, like, a little corner of this place that has no air? There's, like, a little air-free corner. Just a little pocket where they can go when they want to be left alone. Uh, something you see as you go further east and you're painting uh, the world around you is that in your wake behind you are coming up other other racers, uh, and they are leaving different trails, which appear to be overriding yours. Uh, <gasps> so, oh. So this is not over, but everyone's wishes... This isn't first first group that gets there gets the wish and that's done. Yes. Mm. But uh, can I get perception checks about anything else here in the void? Also, I want to make a, a, a an addendum to like what mine like mine is like it, it uh, just like so much like sand and like running water. Just, just yeah, it, it, you're this place is never burning down. Ooh, five. At Juniper botched on perception. Twenty three on perception. She is very very overwhelmed by everything and taking in nothing. 19 and 23, the group passes, so you see uh, the thing that's important to see here in the void. The only thing that was here before, uh, it was too far to the east to see right away, but you can see it now. There appears to be a bonfire 
uh, in the distance. And I realize now that little boy justice is in his firefighter mode. Unfortunately, that was always what was here, regardless of any of your character quirks. Uh, Austin, is this, is this, is this a dark souls? Are we rekindling the first flame or something? (laughs) It's, I mean, it's adjacent. It's not exactly that, but there is a, a, what appears to be a great fire burning in the distance, uh, on, in, in the void, in nothingness. Um, and as you, you get closer, you're making the ground around you, these, this, uh, air plant, uh, ground. We discussed it as almost like a waterbed type situation where there's like a thick layer of plant separating sky from water. Um, but behind you, you see, uh, Walter is coming in and Walter appears to be painting mostly water. Um, they did say like they thought your plan was interesting, but they were not invested so much as they want to win. Uh, Buddy is leaving a trail of animals. Like everywhere Buddy goes, uh, bugs and birds and mammals and fish fly out. In fact, Juniper, you botched. Um, and I think part of this is like, uh, the consequences, like Buddy sees, uh, how powerful they could be, uh, like how powerful he could be here and is like, oh, I actually want to win now. <laughs> I'm I'm going sicko mode if I ca- if I get the chance. Is the botch consequences of seeing physically? It's one thing to say like, oh, I'm I'm just a researcher. I don't want power. But then you see that you have the power to create a world, and it, you know it, it's just one of those things. You don't know how you're going to be until you get there. Oh no! I was so unobservant that I caused someone else <laughs> to be more observant on my behalf. I was so unobservant, the negative number had to go somewhere. Upon seeing the the fire, uh, uh, Boy Justice, I think, is going to cast a Longs Rider to try and get there to uh, extinguish it as soon as possible. Uh, so little boy justice use long strider so you get to the fire first and i will say as you like swoop down on spider you can create ground around it uh the, this uh you know plants and vines and leaves and everything so to stand on to walk up to it and the bonfire appears to be burning a half finished or like in pro- in the process of being built reliquary uh, so uh. the reliquary of the trader god is here. It looks like, you know, a, a build site. It looks like a construction site. There's like beams and there's a foundation. It seems to be some kind of temple, some kind of religious temple, but it is on fire and it is just roaring, oh, hell uh, yeah. you know, um, 10 stories high. As I, as I swoop down, um, like appearing into like, um, uh, like reality is, um, a sandbag, which I'm going to, uh, like pick up and like cut open, and just like pour out onto the, um, uh, <laughs> the fire. And there's just like buckets of water and, you know, other fire safety equipment. Wait, where did you get the sand? <laughs> oh, from the, it appears as I like swoop down, like on the ground that. Oh, okay. I, I was like, is that part of your, uh, yes. your, your desire for this place? Yes, um, it is. Is it? As you throw things towards the fire, instead of putting it out, uh, the things transform, uh, in, is literally like you throw like a, a bucket of water or a bucket of sand. And as it touches the fire, uh, it transmorphs, it, like as if you, the spell polymorph was cast on it and it becomes a pigeon and flies away. I know what I'm going to throw in that. <laughs> um, so I'm giving little boy justice the first crack at this. Uh, this the reliquary of the traitor god, but everyone else will get here, and then everyone else will get here if you catch my drift. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, well, I think um, so. Like, I'm at like the entrance, right? Absolutely. 
Um, I mean, I think I'm going to cast Spike Growth now. All right, you cast Spike Growth. Uh, you know, spiky uh, tendrils of uh, vines appear, uh, twisting uh, spikes and thorns. And as they touch the fire, they transform into pigeons and fly away. Oh, it's all pigeons? Just only pigeons? Okay. It appears that way, yes. Can I, like... So, like, like, what was the like reliquary looking like? Like, like, how is it? Can I en- can I like try and enter it, or is it like the the flames might turn me into pigeons though? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you you from context clues believe the fire would turn you into pigeons, and your character would die if you just tried to walk in. What if my dodo ran in? Would they become more pigeon? <laughs> they are. are- <laughs> <laughs> In insight? Could I do insight on this? Well, I, 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 the knowledge skills we have available are arcana, history, nature, um, religion, and what's the other one there? Uh, I will say that this is the reliquary of the traitor god, so uh, re- religion feels like the correct one. Yeah. Okay. The, 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 I guess the one thought I have, if we figure out who the traitor god is, what the traitor god represents... That's our clue to figure out how to get through. I have an inkling based on a sixteen. Yay! And oh, eighteen. Uh, I, Wait, I, what I, are we doing? Religion. Religion. Yeah, I have an inkling um, um, of what it could be because of the symbology of pigeons. But eighteen and sixteen, the group passes Juniper. Um, you're the one who gets the best idea, um, which is that, yeah, yes, as people were just saying, uh, this has something to do with the traitor god's specialty. Uh, and you think that, yeah, there's symbolism at play here. There's a trick. Every reliquary you've been to has a puzzle, a entrance puzzle trick. Uh, specifically here, um, at the end of the world, uh, the traitor god who abandoned their duty, uh, has, has some kind of, th- you know, test or some kind of thing they want. Um, I, I trying to give you uh, the best thing here. I think, yeah, if you, if you solve who they are, what they want, any of those things, uh, what is the traitor God? Who is the traitor God? My, my first thought, and I don't, I don't imagine it's this just because of the, the unconnected nature of seasons of dice funk. But my, my first thought was, is it the person who caused the, the, crumbling of the uh, the world system in the past there's a bit of me going is is this is this a game is this a game of god corner of the world <laughs> yeah for longtime listeners uh laura is referring to a previous season and i will say there are there are no returning named characters no i that that was my i had the thought and was like it's not going to be that because no returning characters but had to get it out of my head because otherwise i wasn't going to think of anything else <laughs> What is the what does the reliquary look like? Can we get like is there any clues in like in terms of like what the structure is or Yeah, I will say uh Little Boy Justice will get one guess before anyone else arrives if you wanna do that. Uh it is half finished, so it looks like you can kind of see uh where there are like beams and so forth that you know that haven't been completely done uh, uh done up. But it's like a mostly uh a wooden structure. It has a kind of temple-ish vibe to it, but also very welcoming. Uh, it is a kind of um, in, almost informal feel to it. Um, it looks like a place like that. Yeah, people are buried at, but also it's it wouldn't be a bad it wouldn't be a bad vibe place to be. 
Um, I'm trying to think of a more specific thing to give you, um, but my 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 first thought of like I think of of I was gonna say pigeon symbolism, and I I was gonna go peace, and then I think that's doves, like the mm. the peace bird, but like I was like birds peace. Do we have to walk in as a collective group rather than fighting over getting in? Was my first thought. Ooh. I think I'm thinking of the wrong bird in the first place, but yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm talking it through. I'm googling furiously. <laughs> um, I'm I'm just sort of waiting until uh, waiting for yeah. Just, I I, uh, I don't want anyone to like say the thing over Sam because you aren't there yet. Right. So yeah, that's why I'm I'm waiting for like Sam to say something definitively in character before I try to chime in with something. Uh, Adonai. <laughs> Ad- Adonai, the, he- the Hebrew name for God, Yahweh. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's, uh, yeah. yeah. No. Oh, I know. And I'm not saying. Oh, wonderful. That would be such a fucking twist if I was like, uh, uh, this has actually been an evangelical podcast. It's, it's Adonai. Uh, let's all bow our head in prayer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Skitch, what were you? What were you wondering, Skitch? There's three guesses in my head, so I got to go through one of them first. Um, I, my guess, the guess I, I we landed on in the recording that I want to repeat at least first is freedom, you know, effectively. So everybody arrives. You're all landing next to little boy Justice who says, Adonai, and you all look at each other. Nothing happens. Um, uh, uh, Treyan says, uh, the God of freedom, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, behind you, you can see Buddy, Walter, uh, Sydney, Laser. Everybody's coming for you. Mm-hmm. Pandora. <laughs> just a lady, not a god. <laughs> just a regular lady. Okay, damn it. Uh, 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 Laura, do you? I think we've all had a. We've all had one try. <laughs> no, no, I've had a. I, I had my one go. It's it's not peace pigeons, and it's not whatever else it was. I thought that made no sense. <laughs> you say peace pigeons, and uh, suddenly a number of pigeons flap back down and line up uh, on the ground in front Wait, of you. Wait, is it peace pigeons? It's peace. Was I right? Is it peace pigeons? I think it's peace, yeah. Pigeons are the same animal as doves, the symbol oh, of peace. Oh, shit. Fuck. I did not realize they were the same animal. I talked myself out of pigeons and peace. Yeah, I looked it up. I looked it up and I saw peace as well, but I wanted to stick by the thing that Dan and I arrived at during the prequel. Because I didn't want to just like jump over that, but yeah, yeah. own it, Laura. So yeah, do, do do we just have to walk in hand in hand in peace, not fighting over getting to the finish line? We just we 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 walk in together peacefully. So a flock of doves or pigeons, they are the same, uh, shows up and they're all kind of like standing around looking at you expectantly. The fire is still raging, and um, I think as you all look at each other, uh, the you know the doves are all staring at you. There's like. Um, a dozen of them, and then they say, uh, the pigeons just say with one voice, What's my name? Who am I? Pax. Uh, uh, Pax. Yeah, are they Pax? No, I see. I you're, said Pax. You're all Googling the God of Peace. I'd love that for you. <laughs> uh, uh, 16 on a, on a knowledge check. I'm minus one on all my knowledge skills, so... Doesn't matter which one it was. 
16 and 16 on history. Uh, so Trey and, and uh, Juniper, uh, the brains of the operation here, uh, you recall that every reliquary so far has had iconography, statues, paintings, carvings of a series of gods. Every every uh, thing, like every portfolio is what's called in D&D, has had multiple gods. So at the beginning of time, there was Gaia, that was Earth. And then there was mm-hmm. the gods, uh, Sylvanus, and then there was the, the new god. So it's like almost, uh, we talked about this before being like, uh, you know, the evolution of man from like uh, monkey to, to modern human. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. So you all are naming ancient gods of peace who you assume would have statues here. Like if the reliquary was finished, the people you've named by Googling would have big statues out front. Oh. Right. But it's the the most recent god of peace. The last oh. god of peace. Is, is it us? Um, I will say that is the closest guess so far, with a yeah. si- with a sixteen. Does, does one of us need to name our own name? <laughs> Mari. <laughs> what if? I, I mean, in character, I think Juniper might would try saying Juniper. Austin, it's Austin. What if Austin is our god? What if Sophie entered the call right now and was like, "It was me the whole time. <laughs> it was me, Dio, the whole time." Fuck, that would um, be so good. There is, would be. Oh, do, does anything happen if Juniper says Juniper? No. Okay. Um, yeah, like, the problem is like we shouldn't like be googling it because like you have to like go on like DuckDuckGo because like the mainstream media doesn't want you to know the current <laughs> god piece's name. But yeah. And they didn't want to do it because they're a pacifist. They're. That's a great question. No one knows why. Maybe this is the time for insight now that you've said that. Oh, insight. I'm good at that. Ooh. I want to do that. I've been waiting to do that. Four. Thirteen. Ten for Trian. Uh, 15. All right. 10, 13, 15. The group gets above average. Um, I will say that uh, the the what was the thing you just said, Mari, about what their uh, motivation Maybe they're a pacifist and they want, like, they're waiting for people to come and choose for themselves what they need. And that might be what they think is the best thing they can provide. And also they're a pacifist. Like, they don't want to fight. Uh, so 10, 13 to 15. I'm not going to give you the exact motivation. I will I will dis- disprove that. I will say that this this raging violence of the fire, that anything touching it being turned into doves r- makes you believe they're not a pacifist, but they are trying to give people a choice. Um, I think specifically what I want to give you is that um, you've seen all the other biomes and seen how even the best intentions can become warped, even things which are supposed to be beautiful gifts can be nightmarish for the wrong people. And you think that the God of peace just didn't want to get it wrong. And that they've been, they're trying to pass off the responsibility to other people because they are afraid of doing it wrong. <laughs> and that they, they have not been able to devise a perfectly peaceful land that people won't fight over. They are like, oh, this is an unsolvable problem. Can uh, I roll animal handling on the birds? <laughs> I think they are magical constructs. I don't think they are actual birds. Oh. Can I invite them to hang out in my in my branches? Just Absolutely. Just... Alright. You guys want to hang out in my branches? Like <laughs> it's pretty cool. I know you've been hanging out in fire, so 
Like, I know birds love it in here. Just try it out. I mean, like, yeah, the other thing I'm, like, just thinking about is, like, with the, with the, um, uh, like, having to do the, like, the same, like, time loop over and over again where the giant guy was saying, like, uh, uh, the, like, traitor god, or I guess it seemed to, like, tie that to the traitor god, so I guess it's sort of, like, the, yeah. I don't know. Yes. Yes. That's a great point. So earlier, Rex was saying that I met the traitor god, and your quest is hopeless. You'll never figure out the the, the mystery. <laughs> like literally, he was saying, like you'll never guess their name. It's hopeless. You might as well leave or kill yourself. Um, he was literally trying to drive Trayan to despair to make you give up, killing you over and over again. Um, but um, I think I'm going to give you something more, and I'm going to give this to Piccolo. So all the all the doves land in your branches. And you close your eyes to like think, oh, who could this be? And you actually get like eminent emanations, like psychic visions almost from these these doves of every world the god of peace tried to create or like thought about creating, right? They like went through a hundred drafts. They like tried for, you know, years to think of the perfect biome. And it's like, oh, what if it has all these beautiful, um, you know, uh, uh, environments, all these uh, vistas, and it's like people will kill each other for them. What if it has all these resources? People will kill each other for them. What if it has uh, just the most wonderful animals and plants? People will kill each other for them. Uh, what if it's fucking useless? What if it's barren and pointless? It's like, oh, people will be uh, trying, people who are forced there, like as refugees or, you know, as from economic circumstances, will suffer there. It will become like a hellhole. Uh, every single thing the God of Peace could envision ended badly, and it seemed like suffering was inevitable, and they were driven to despair. And this is kind of what broke Rex's mind. Rex met the traitor God and was like, I want to make a, 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 a paradise for giants. And, the, and <laughs> the traitor God was like, here, look at every outcome that could come from that and was just shown visions of giants civil war dragons invading the land to take it from the giants giant hunters and giant killers uh take trying to take the land from them just every outcome ending in bloodshed and rex just like broke psychologically was there like a single named individual who sent us all on this quest in the first place or something absolutely laura laura yeah Dio? Yeah. Not Dio, but closer. No. Um, is this, like, someone to do with the university? That's a great question. Nobody at the university knew about this quest. So it wouldn't be someone at the university. <gasps> is it? Is it red? When Piccolo says red, the fires go out. Sorry, oh my god! <laughs> it's red. What? Oh fuck! That's why red didn't come with us because. Yeah, I I I was so close to getting there. I circled the drain. Uh... I found the puzzle piece to get us there. God damn! I pat one of the pigeon pigeons and dozen. Like, yeah. Thanks, and I get a little pat. God, it's the f the. F Sorry. It's like the just the first person we run into, pretty much, on top of everything else there. Who was the first person the research team ran into? Yeah, Red. Red. Who was the first? Who was the first person the first research team ran into? Red. Who was the first person Dragon Quest ran into? Red. 
The same person got everybody on this quest. The same person brought everyone to a reliquary and said, oh, there's something at the end of the world. You should check it out. I I had fights with and flirted with death. So it's, uh, I had fights with and flirted with a god so many times. That's pretty cool. Oh. Are, are the pigeons red? Hi, red. I have a pigeon in my hand. What are you doing? I... <laughs> I think all the doves uh, take flight at the same time, fly into the reliquary um, as it begins uh, finishing itself. Like uh, a door just kind of paints into existence, the walls all pull together, um, and this temple uh, actually strongly resembles now the saloon in the first settlement where you saw on a, a board the uh, the job wanted to help fix Dio. Um, this was like the central building uh, Red was building when uh, Dragon Quest arrived. Oh boy! I mean, it is essentially this a temple version of the same thing, but all is the- this why is this why Red like right at the start like had everyone chasing after us and had us on a really bad start so that we would have to run and go go ahead for something we couldn't just quietly sit around enjoying this world. No, that's because I ruined the first quest by not liking slavery too hard. <laughs> I mean, Mari did make the whole thing more antagonistic, but literally, yes, Red Red rigged a, a, yeah. a, a battle royale, a Hunger Games, to find the people whose idea would uh, bring peace, basically, or to, to whittle, you know, everyone down to see their ideas and decide who would win <laughs> well yeah juniper's all of juniper's like why does why does everything bad happen to us every time right from the second we arrive in this world has some different context now that's like oh yeah no someone was trying to make us have a bad time so we'd go do what they wanted well oh. uh, train will move to go in the reliquary as it like finishes then yeah we're going in I will say two things. One, which is when I explained the concept of the traitor god to uh, Dragon Quest, Dan said, well, I've, it's one of the people in the race, and I bet if I was the traitor god, I would want to get as far away from the end of the world as possible, is what Dan said to me, in- indicating the first civiliza- the first settlement, which is where mm. Red was. Yeah. Yeah. Right. God. Took a, took a second, but we got there. Smarter than me. Uh, Dan Dan has a knack for just cutting through riddles of puzzles. It is, um, <laughs> we got well, that's, that's 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 fine. That's why that's that that's why next uh, next season I, I I'm going to be introducing a bunch of puzzles written by children because they have no logical consistency. Dan can't fix those. Can't solve them. Also, shout out to Kitty Foe in the Discord. Uh, October sixteenth. Uh, they said in the Discord, imagine if the party already met the traitor god and it was red. <laughs> I, I love our audience. <laughs> That's not the first time that Kitty Foe has landed on something. <laughs> okay, let's 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 get inside this reliquary, because there's there's still people trying to get here, and hopefully if we go in now, everyone else will be stuck with this puzzle long enough that we can do what we need to do. Yeah, everyone is closing in on your position. Uh, you enter the reliquary, which almost feels like a saloon. It is kind of a, t- a combination of uh, religious temple and saloon. Uh, so it has like the, the double doors. <laughs> I like how you it. had to 
very carefully not describe it as a saloon while saying, yeah, it's just like a comfortable place to hang out. <laughs> um, <laughs> you walk in the kind of double doors and you see a red, the Cyclops is uh, behind the bar uh, making you all drinks. Uh, she was 12 pigeons. She has for- formed back together into a Cyclops. Uh, hey! Oh, you're a person now. Okay, did you like being in my in my branches? Tell the truth. I reckon I did. You're pretty comfy. Oh. All right, I knew it. I have some pretty good branches. Hey. hey, it would have been real chill to have not had our first experience up here being <laughs> being so rough. How how, how you do it? I'm gonna stop complaining. How you doing? <laughs> I couldn't let just anybody decide the fate of this land. It had to be somebody with strong convictions and a good idea. And let me tell you, I have my doubts about yours, she says, setting drinks down for all of you. Does this have nitrates in it? Uh, it's got whiskey. Oh. Got any pee? (laughs) I'll take a root beer, please. Oh no. Uh, Red kind of uh, rests, uh, you know, an elbow on the bar and says, So y'all want to make a respawn point, huh? Can't say I expected that, but I've given it some thought and it seems like something people will be willing to go to war over. Maybe the point isn't always to make everything perfect. Maybe the point is just to have a place where people can feel a little bit better. Then they just go. Then they just respawn when they get when they die in the war, and or to mitigate badness because yeah, there's some there's some, there's some real bad options being floated around, and sometimes you just got to take the least bad of the options available. I gotta tell you, I don't like that. I had the option of taking the least bad available plan, and I decided not to, and that's how I became the traitor god. I ain't gonna settle for the lesser evil. Well, I mean, you're making the decision of not making any decisions, and you know what the consequences of that are? I don't have a foot. I lost one of those on the way here, trying to prove to you whether, you know, our our decision was right or wrong. Like, as, as if you doing nothing has no consequences. You you deciding to just wait and see if someone else comes up with a better idea? Like, people are consequences are happening while you sit around deciding whether 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 this is perfect or not. Well, I already done the ritual with the other gods, so all that's got to happen now is someone's got to put me in my coffin. And she gestures to the back of the room where, in a normal saloon, there would be a piano. Uh, and there's just a huge Cyclops-sized coffin. <laughs> and she says, Now, I don't like your idea, so I don't think I'm going to go willingly. But also, I reckon this reliquary is quite surrounded at this moment, so we are both in a bit of a standoff. Uh, uh, Trand will say to... When Red comments about, like, not liking the idea, Fran will speak up a little bit and says, uh, Red, I mean, I, I know it's probably not the best idea, but, like, I, I just think about the fact that, well, Gladys and Throg are 
as far as I know, they're they're dead right now. And Gladys had a really really good idea about how to make all of Arabella better for everyone by sharing what the different gods left behind and it just didn't seem fair that I got to die over a hundred times and come back and they died once and it's over and you're right life ain't fair and it seems like you're faced with two choices you can kill me and get what you want or here's another idea Y'all can become my, you know, knights or whatever, paladins, clerics, whatever you want to call it. And how about y'all defend me from these other losers and their bad ideas, and maybe y'all just stick around and we wait for another party to come along with a better answer. I feel like you're stuck in a circle here, Red, where you're you just want to live with an inaction and... At some point, things gotta go, and you're waiting for someone to make you make a choice. That's about the size of it, Big Tree. No, I I feel like if we wait around for you to decide that someone has a good enough idea, we are never gonna decide on anything. So, yeah, I don't want to be your eternal thrall forever. As you, it it, it seems cool. I do like the idea of us all being Red's firefighters, but yeah, I agree. Hey, hey, Red? 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 Home gang. My question is, my question is this though: Is there a jukebox in here that could play some, you know, some rocket tunes while we have the fight here? Or no. Oh, that's a really good question. Uh, she's a god; she can make anything appear. I guess. Uh, oh gosh, seven! Wow. Uh, I also got a seven. All right, so Piccolo, you're up first. Um, Red is across the the bar from you. This is kind of a a you know a, t- a traditional wooden saloon. There is a sh- a big coffin here. That's unusual. But besides that, uh, it is like uh you know just a very friendly looking kind of temple that uh, Red made to kind of vibe. And you've been this is what it all comes down to. If you kill Red, Peter can be revived. What do you do? First thing I do, I rage up and yell, I'm getting raged, but not directly at you, so don't take it personally, because we're having a fight for other reasons than personal reasons. <laughs> such, a, such a reasonable rage. I, I just I can't handle any more misunderstandings. It's really stressing me out. I'm, I'm look. I'm I'm glad that you have also reached the point that I got at with Juniper, where the preemptive sentences before any decision, just like, please, can we not let this? This isn't personal. Don't hate us. 
I mean, this is a new spin on D and D, right? The, the the thief who leaves little notes in their target's pocket, saying like, "I'm sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean to take your gold pieces." <laughs> we both agreed to this fight. Remember that, Red. So don't don't hold an eternal grudge against me when you're an undead god. All right, you said that. Alrighty then, Tree. Do your best. Oh, I got a crit, so that means I get to go one more time, right? Holy Christ! I get one more hit, right? And you roll double the dice. You you roll triple the dice with uh, that crit because you're a barbarian. Okay, so I roll triple the dice for that hit. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so I got a 33, a 22, and a 17. Uh, The 22 and the crit hit. Uh, Wow, this is a great opening to the final boss fight. It's just this fucking huge uh, soccer tree just going like, nothing personal! (laughs) 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 Just hacking apart a god. All right, so the first one, 1d12 plus uh, 11, and now that'll be triple what that was. Yeah, you roll the damage die. You roll an extra damage die of the weapon's damage type when you crit because you're a barbarian. Uh, so Four, okay, four d12 plus 22 damage. Okay, let's see. Nothing personal! 41 damage! Wow, a nice first shot. Oof, Christ. An incredible opening gambit. You slash red, who becomes even more red with blood. Um, <laughs> the blood flies over the uh, you know, the bar and splatters over it. And she uh, looks up at you and says, not bad for a mortal. Uh, and here's what she's going to do at the end of your turn. Legendary action. Uh, she is going to level her gauntlet at you and just shoot you point blank with every barrel in her brass knuckle gun. Rude. <laughs> Rude, but fair. Yeah. Uh, well, my God, 14. Uh, you did not hit. My armor class is 17. Didn't even come close. Is that just your bark is just real badass or what? I'm just too Chad. yeah it is now red's turn and she says you know i i was just a regular person like y'all once i didn't do nothing special except want to keep people from fighting so i can die just like y'all i guess we'll find out how much my power really means here Um, and she is going to uh basically shoot at, as wildly across the the room as possible because she has a du- duck foot spread. So there's four barrels on her other hand, which I'll point in different directions. Uh, dexterity saving throw, everybody. There's four barrels on the other hand. There's four of you. All right. 18. 24 for Treyen. So she uses one fist to empty all barrels into Piccolo at close range, but the bark stops them all. She unloads the whole other uh, duckfoot pistol barrage into the whole room. Uh, this time, Piccolo, you get hit in like one of the knots on your tree, maybe one with an eye in it or something, so you're going to take damage. And Juniper is the other one that is hit. The other people are able to get down. 30 damage. Damn. What? 30? 30 damage. Oh, yeah. If you'll recall, the first time you met Red, I think I said, uh, oh, yeah, she's, she's statted to fight the whole party. Isn't that weird? And I, <laughs> I, afterward, I lost some sleep being like, damn, that was too big of a hint. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But statted to fight the whole party 
and started to take half of my health out in one in one one AOE in one AOE is mm. okay. So you know, everyone else is saying like nothing personal. Um, unlike you, I just started reading Blood Meridian yesterday, so th this is this is all personal. Um, <laughs> There, there's one thing I've established about my character. Um, it's that I'm very uh, susceptible to being, like, suggestions just made from, like, general things around me. And that includes me, Sam, too. So, um, I'm gonna, yeah, like, uh, uh, j just, like, spit onto the ground. Um, some, like, white, dry spit. And I'm going, uh, you son of a bitch. And then uh, I'm going to, uh, uh, I'm going to... You cast Hunter's Mark on uh, on red. Casted, uh, and then I am going to uh, go up and I'm gonna try and grapple her. Okay, yeah, you want to try to uh, grapple a giant? That is certainly a thing you can attempt. Okay, I mean, I, I'm I'm also quite large, but yeah, Sh sure. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna roll. Uh, I botched. Oh no. Oh, okay. So yeah, no, I'm um um, uh. Okay, the flavor for this is like uh, I'm um like running up and I sort of like jump and I like slide onto the bar and as I'm there, I'm like I grab two liquor bottles that I take in each hand and I use those as like my weapons that I'm going to like swing on uh, red and um uh and like like get her with both of those so that she's like sort of discombobulated for a second and then i uh descend upon her and uh just like like uh grapple her and like pin her to the ground yeah you can try to pin her maybe to the bar or something but the the, the mechanical effect here is she will be uh prone which is she will lose it uh you'll get advantage to attack her um and she's gonna have difficulty loading her gun uh, which is something she needs to do. Uh, so actually, at the end of your turn, I would have legendary action shot you, but instead she sh like kind of struggles to get the bandolier around her midsection uh, to uh, reload her her duck foot guns on her her brass knuckles. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> and you said like, oh, I'm I just read Blood Meridian. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just started it. It's, it's, I think I think everything's gonna be okay for the kid. <laughs> it don't matter what you think. It makes no difference what men think of war. War endures. As well, ask men what they think of stone. War was always here. Before man was, war waited for them. The ultimate trade awaiting its ultimate practitioner. That's the way it was and will be. That way and not some other way. Damn. I haven't gotten that far. <laughs> <laughs> that is from Blood Meridian. Thank you. Very good. <laughs> Your turn. <laughs> I've only just, the judge has only just been introduced, okay? Uh, Trey is going to first make sure that the duffel bag with uh, the little Aetheropteryx and the new ones are is set aside carefully so that they're they're out of harm's way before dashing into the now grappled red to unleash some attacks um you know uh just saying like uh, i'm i just gotta do what i need to for my friends you know and then i'll uh, start attack number one uh 26 that hits and then a crit that hits fuck yeah um 
for the second hit, I'm going to let's, let's just do this thing here. First damage um, is uh, 12. The second damage, I'm going to invoke P2's benefit to do half the damage as healing for Juniper. Ooh. Oh, nice. So that would be, uh, gosh, that's not super great, but that's eight hit points healed to Juniper. I'll, I'll so, take so it. <laughs> so, so far, Train has done uh, 20 damage. Um, then we'll do a key point to do Flurry of Blows, so two more attacks. Uh, 25 and 26. Definitely hits. And that'd be, wow, he's doing so much low damage with his two-handed attacks here. But that's another 22, so that's 42 lightning damage in that array as uh, Tran just sort of, you know, moves about and elegantly slices at uh, Red while avoiding hitting uh, Little Boy Justice. So yeah, the scene is basically Little Boy Justice holding Red against the bar. Tran comes over and is like slashing at her. She's able to block some of the blows with the brass knuckles, but not much. And so you were like slashing her to ribbons. Um, And she says, uh, you know, I met some real bastards up here. Some people I I really hoped would never make it. But among them, you are one of my favorites, Tran. And you too, Juniper. So if it's got to be like this, you know, there are worse ways it could have gone. But I ain't going down easy. And at the end of that sentence, there is a click as she finishes loading her guns and just unleashes the whole barrage into Trayan at point blank. 13. Shit, I wanted you to hit me so I could do the. Re- <laughs> I, I wanted you to hit me so I could mm. use my reaction to grab the bullets and throw them back at Red <laughs> with the different missiles there. Uh, so, so for anyone who's listening to this, that's 13 with a plus 11 modifier. <laughs> Yeah, I rolled one and two for those two shots at this point. Just dog shit rolls. Um, I wonder if it is, is Red, like, regretful, you know? She she doesn't like hurting people. She's the god of peace. She It's like a sad necessity. That's what a home gang represents. So, like, yeah, she points, uh, you know, her, her guns at you, pulls the trigger, and you just kind of, like, you know, matrix dodge, and they all go past you. Uh, we are at Juniper, who got shot right at the beginning of the fight, uh, but because of the healing from P2, mm. the like slug slides out of your tummy as the hole closes up. Yeah. So Juniper's going to make use of a thing she's not made use of in a while um, that feels like it's important considering that this fight is probably going to drag on and health management is going to be a thing to keep in mind. Um, Juniper's going to wild shape <gasps> into a black bear. Ooh. What? Yeah, Juniper's a black bear now, uh, who is going to make a multi-attack of uh, one bite and then one claw attack against Red. Let's see whether... Can you do that? Because uh, wild shaping is an action, unless you are a certain kind of Uh, druid. No, yeah, you're right. I've got to... You're right. I have to wait until next turn to do it. But I'm a bear now. At the very least, I have some HP that if if he's removed. That's fine. I'm still fine. So, I'm now a bear. Continue. Yeah, so basically when Trayan slashes with P2, the blood like slides up the blade into the, the slot in the hilt, and then a stream of magic crosses the saloon to Juniper and hits you, and as it's healing, uh, you're, you know, you start to hulk out. You get, like, bigger, and your your bones pop and stretch, and you just turn into a giant bear as your wounds close, which is pretty cool. Uh, but in response, uh, Red loads her guns again, and she says, uh, 
When I first gave you all this quest, I told you I only wanted power, and that Fortunato fella told you you wanted to protect Arabella, and you went with him. I gotta say, it gave me hope. I thought you might be the one, but uh, uh, from that first group, it's just you now, Juniper. You lost everybody else from them. I'm not going to say that I picked the right people to go on that initial journey with, but also, literally everyone I met when I got up here wanted me dead, and I wanted to be hopeful that the people I was with could be decent, and no, they, at least some of them could not, and I tried. You get halfway through that sentence before it becomes bear noises. (laughs) <laughs> uh, it's okay we still completely understand juniper <laughs> we're back to piccolo <laughs> yeah little boy just like we love you too <laughs> <laughs> all right 31 28 and 24 hell yeah the iridescent axe and its sick ass bonus <laughs> Again, don't take this personally. You are going to die. Sorry. 19. 16. 19. Nice. You begin, uh, you know, slashing just like through her body, and she is looking pretty rough. Uh, once again, uh, she loaded her guns on the last legendary action, so I am pulling the trigger now. 27. We finally have liftoff. All right. That hits. All right. Piccolo. Close range. 21 damage as the whole... I take half of that, right? Yes, because you're raging. The barrage rips into your uh, arm. Uh, She's trying to, like, cut your arm off so you can't hold the axe anymore. Should it be 10 or 11? 10. Okay. Um, I just stand there like an absolute Chad still. (laughs) Just look at it and go, this was good. That was really good. That was a really good shot. Thank you. Thumbs up. Um. <laughs> Against someone less amazing, that would have done some good damage. Yeah. yeah. Red says to the room, you know, I told y'all the truth when I said I got these weapons from a explorer who brought me up here. That wasn't a lie. When I betrayed the other gods, I went back down to the apocalyptic world and searched all over for an answer, sought out the smartest wizards and the most decorated scholars and tried to find somebody who knew how to make a place of peace. And when they all failed and found Arabella, I caught a ride back up with a captain who gave these to me. Uh, The item I was going to leave behind was this. And she points to the monocle she's been wearing, uh, the thing that gives her binocular vision because it's a cyclops. She cannot really perceive depth without it. Um, and she like looks around at you all with her big eye behind the monocle and says, I can see through the walls. In fact, I see we are fully surrounded. So I'm going to change tactics. And suddenly you all feel a kind of electrical force across your skin. If you have hair, all the hair stands up. If you have scales, you know, all your scales get tingly. Um, as My a magic bark did, feels did, did someone rub us against a balloon and let the static happen? <laughs> Not quite. Uh, Red is using her power to send a message to everyone in the surrounding area. Uh, you all hear her say, 
This is the God of Peace. Welcome to the final home gang. The rules are simple. The last one standing gets the land. And then that electrical feeling kind of emanates out from you in a wave. And suddenly the reliquary falls down all around you. Every board and beam and strut comes completely apart. All the like nails and the you know screws and bindings all just completely pull apart and the whole building falls down all around you, uh, revealing that the building has been surrounded by other contestants who are all waiting to win the final home gang. This is this is just classic red indecision, you know? <laughs> Yeah, you gotta make a decision, Red. Now that you've made a decision, you're going back on it. And I'm just here, I'm just pointing it out as a friend. I'm not trying to attack you. This is you. so fucking you. Oh, whoa. <laughs> I mean, we don't need it. You know, I just feel like you're going back on your choices, Red. And I just, I just had to say it. No, you're right. That is very her. She... Uh, hates having to decide and just doesn't want to make the wrong choice, so leave it to other people. Personally, Red, I thought you were growing as a god, but, you know, I feel like this is uh, two steps forward, one step back. Just just had to say it. Uh, I, I'll say that during all this, Trayan is just scooting the duffel bag with uh, the Aetheropteryx and, and such underneath one of the tables for at least some protection before... An important thing is um, I did um, uh, a spike field outside the entrance to the reliquary, which now, you know, it's surrounded, so that doesn't entirely matter. But whoever is there has to, uh, would not have seen me cast it, and so would not, like, uh, uh, let me look up the whole details of it. But they would have to do some checks to see if they could even detect it and then get messed up a bit by it. All right. Well, we will get there in a second. I will say, Juniper, you turn around and you see Laser standing behind you. Uh, Piccolo, you turn around, you see Buddy, uh, Little Boy Justice, you see Fortunato, and Tran, you see Sprinkles. Uh, each of them is carrying with them uh, kind of the aura of creation. Remember, if you as you streaked across the sky, the sky on your mounts, you were painting the world in behind you. Uh, and that some, something very similar is happening here. Everywhere Buddy walks, animals of every description just kind of pour out, followed by like, you know, soil and plants and stuff like that is their, their territory. Uh, wherever laser goes, uh, fresh, uh, earthy farmland springs up and trees heavy with fruit. Uh, everywhere Fortunato goes is, uh, is actually a very interesting. It looks like, um, more like the biome of life that Trayanne was at before. It's just mm -hmm. like a flesh and goo and slime, uh, because they feel like they are the person who has, uh, the right to be here. Uh, and Spr Sprinkles is just a sucking void. In fact, Trayanne, uh, you are plunged into a breath breathless, atmosphere this is a particularly cruel thing here for this person you cannot speak with uh and but blame for the death of your friends uh but you are unable to breathe and your fight actually has a time limit as the little homunculus stands across from you uh, juniper's just looking at laser going you've got really cool i really like your ideas about what the end of the world should be why were we ever fighting we seem like we should be friends <laughs> I'm sorry, Juniper, I don't speak bear, 
but I assume you are asking for us to fight side by side. However, I can't risk someone else killing you or Red and getting all the land before we can. We made a promise. <laughs> so we're going to make it quick, okay? Just uh, stand still and let us finish you. <laughs> yeah, also, wait, who, who, who would have gone through my, my spike hazard? Um, uh, little boy Justice, uh, it's Fortunato who's behind you when the walls fall down. Um, and, you know, they see you. A thing that we haven't talked about before is that they, um, you know, were in the last reliquary, or not the last one, in the reliquary of dessert. And I said they had a, uh, they got the body part. And I, th I might have mentioned this, but it was, you know, they were fighting in the background. They have the skin of the god of dessert, which is gingerbread. Uh, literally, it was. Uh, a, I was hoping it would be a belly. It was a giant gingerbread man, and so uh, <laughs> even though Fortunato is like all gooey slime inside, uh, they currently have like gingerbread armor uh, in their normal purple cloak and hat, and they're standing behind you, and they say, "Well, well, well, traitor, maybe you should have not broken your promise, huh?" Um, and and yeah, little boy Justice is like, um, um. Wait, what are we talking? Wait, what happened there? I, I hit my head. I, I hit my noggin, and now I uh, uh, don't remember <laughs> everything. But I'm a firefighter now. Oh my god! Likely excuse. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. And then like I'm gonna like show like the big like goose egg on my head. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you, you promised us the nervous system, and took it for yourself. You can't be trusted. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure I had a, a good reason. There could have been. Were there any fires around? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> or like crime afoot? Uh, buddy says to you, Piccolo. Hey, bro. Uh, you know, I just want to make a world for animals. I think your plant shit sucks, honestly, and uh, I know you can't really appreciate where I'm coming from, but you also don't really understand the concept of money, right? And how I'm going to be the most famous and richest researcher of all time in like a couple months. So, no hard feelings. Dude, I thought you were chill. I thought, I don't know, I had the impression you were chill. Guess not. Whatever. I'm extremely chill. You just have never seen a movie or you've never read a book where there's like a big suitcase of money and a bunch of people like have to fight over it. It's kind of what's happening right now. I realize you just don't have the context for it. I, I mean, the the biome we have is going to have plants and animals. It's going to have them both. <laughs> yeah, but also Juniper's research, she hid in that last reliquary and I have to take that too and, you know, the Vimble's maps, and like, I'm gonna take all that stuff, you know? When did you get so on chill, dude? You sold out. Yeah, you could, yeah, you could just take your own research back and become famous and that and be done. I'm gonna roll an intimidation, um, just to be like, to make them feel bad about themselves. Yeah, you, <laughs> you sold out, dude. It's not even cool. <sighs> Nine, didn't work, whatever. <laughs> Buddy holds out the iron rod of the god of death in front of him, and with a thought, it bursts into rainbow flames. And he says, We're here at the end of the universe, and there are no city guards, 
There's no witnesses. I'm just going to say how I really feel now, which is I've always hated Juniper and all of her wormy little friends. Whether it was the botany department taking all the funding from the zoology department back at university, or whether it was her tiny little psycho friend stabbing up my swag tusk in a friendly competition, you have all been nothing but rash, impulsive little freaks, and I'm sick of it, okay? I'm not making excuses anymore. Why are you fighting me? I, I threw Vimble into a b- big pile of, of tar. Turned him into a purse. Uh, well, are you going to kill little boy Justice? I mean, I, sometimes I want to. I, I, haven't really, I haven't really thought about it yet, to be honest. I was going to steal. Okay, one time offer. Cut little boy Justice's head off and I'll join you. I don't know. I kind of feel like you're a sellout, so I'm just going to hit you. All right, let's do this thing. Uh, Buddy says as the swag tusk, a a fully armored rhinoceros boar type creature, uh, kind of crests the uh, ecosystem around him um, as, you know, birds are constantly bursting out in a corona around this this dryad. This is Uh, just another stage of the same fight, right? I'm Correct. still okay. I'm still fucking raging, non personally. But you know what? It's a little personal <laughs> against Buddy now because Buddy's a sellout and being kind of a jerk. Wait, am I still? Do I still have? Am I like still like holding Red down? Uh, the, so I mean, you can if you want. That means that you're just gonna get ganked. I mean, you're gonna get mm. murder murderized if you choose to do that. But that's that's on you. No, yeah, I, I'd rather not get murderized. All right. So first things first. Um. Am I basically in a separate, like, pocket dimension from everyone else effectively here? The walls of the saloon fell down, and there were characters gathered all around it from the four sides. And so you turn around, and there's Sprinkles. She is a pug-sized creature with bat wings. She has a hollow disc in the hollow runner. But everywhere she goes, it creates a kind of sterile void place. Mm. Um, and it's like, it's without air. Mm-hmm. So like, if you if you like, you want to get in and punch her, obviously. Mm. But you will suffocate if you do not figure that out quickly. Well, the, the only reason why I ask is just if Trey senses that sort of stuff, uh, priority number one would just be to make sure that they're not close enough to the duffel bag to cause a risk to like the art, the Aetheropteryx and such. That's all. So, um, but Trayan just sort of like looks at Sprinkles, uh, kind of, uh, trying to, but failing to hold back tears about, you know, everything that, you know, that he's been sort of thinking about before he grits his teeth and starts to, uh, and then moves to, uh, uh, rush in. Uh, Wendy gets close enough to uh, Sprinkles. Tran tries to say something, but because of the well lack of air, nothing comes out, and it you know you know causes some little trouble for him as he makes his first attack against Sprinkles. That's a twenty. As a reaction, uh, Sprinkles strikes a card across the Hollow Runner and summons a creature to take the blow. <laughs> I will put a picture in, and you can tell me how it makes you feel. <gasps> oh, oh. <laughs> you can't let that thing take a hit for you. 
<laughs> That's a crime. That's a crime to have that thing take an injury. Oh my god. Austin, why did you do this? Austin Austin knows Austin knows the, Austin knows the game here, so I, I'm Oh, any anyone who would throw this thing in the way of damage to save themselves that character who anyone who would do that needs to die. It even looks a little sad, like it's like, oh, I'm sad, please cheer me up with a hug. Like it's reaching out to be picked. What? Austin, why did you do this to us? It's funny you say that, Mari, because there is a reason that I have chosen Melfi Rabby, the pink Yu-Gi-Oh character, yeah. which is in the the prequel episodes. Uh, it was suggested by Dan to represent how Sprinkles feels about herself being enslaved by the Aboleth. And so... Uh, How is that our problem? We helped Sprinkles. <laughs> we killed Adelaide. Why is Sprinkles uh, still mad at us? She's not. She wants to win. Yeah, that's... That's kind of rude. We set her free and kill her old slave master, and now she's just, I like, let, still... I got possessed I for you, Sprinkles. <laughs> I... Yeah, we were going to make a little place in the place we're going to make anyway. You're so rude. Now, we're resurrecting the Aboleth. That's what's happening in the respawn pool now. Fuck you, Sprinkles. This is all trying to be happening in the half second it's over Tran to decide whether or not to let the sword hit this thing or not. I'm just going to point that out. <laughs> mm -hmm. Oh, you hit it. Yeah. Hit it. Don't let yourself get manipulated. <laughs> it's not real. It has no feelings. Um, Tran will see it and recognizing it immediately uh, does sort of relax on the swing and it misses the the thing that is summoned by Sprinkles before he just stares at Sprinkles with just very sad eyes and gritted teeth. Um, yeah, the particular cruelty of this is you two could definitely talk this out. We know that, mm -hmm. that you have that capacity, but just because of the nature of her desires and makes it impossible to communicate. Right. Tell, tell her that we're resurrecting the Aboleth if we win. Oh, don't. Uh, Trayan is going to uh, try uh, almost in vain to get another attack on Sprinkles to try to avoid the. What's the name of the thing that was summoned again? Sorry. This is Melfi Rabby. Yeah. Uh, Trayan is going to try another attack at Sprinkles while avoiding the, Mel, uh, the Rabby in this case here. That's a 22. Uh, if you continue your attack, uh, the rabbit uh, starts glowing and growing, and uh, it enters its next form, which is. Yep. Whoa! Yeah, you can't. Well, you can't hit that now because it's too sexy. Why is it sexy? You get distracted. <laughs> what if? What if a cute? What if a cute pink bunny rabbit was now yeah. suddenly uh, like a very roided up bodybuilder? <laughs> yeah. No, it's too hot to hit because you're like, whoa. So Austin, now you have some of that trade. You can just can do like nutrition and workout uh, discussions with. Now we're now we're talking here. Um, uh huh. Uh huh. I will. Yeah. Sketch knows that Dan also shared that fan art with us last. last <laughs> but there, now it's a huge buff Melfi Rabbi who grabs P two and it's going to take damage. Like you are slashing into this pink bunny's you know, hand, but this is now, you know, an eight foot tall, totally roided out, muscle bound, fluffy pink rabbit. All right. Well, in that case, it takes 14 damage, uh, lightning from P2 in that case, as it grabs at it. Um, and then, uh, Tran will use a, uh, 
a key point to Fluria blows with with their uh, offhand um, because the sword is being kind of gripped by the the swole uh, the, the the huge swollenness in front of them. Uh, that's an eighteen and a fourteen. Uh, eighteen hits, and so that's just another uh, another seven damage. So a total of twenty one damage against uh, this this Ravi as Trayan then tries to well uh r- figure out how to deal with the fact that he can't breathe while in this close quarter here absolutely um it, the melfi rabbi which is he- just a hulking uh gargantuan monster at this point uh just attempts to twist your arm uh 14 you are able to uh kind of spin with it almost like do a full mm-hmm. 360 spin instead of having your arm broken at the elbow uh, it's like they're dancing. They're like doing like a little bit of a. <laughs> they're, doing, they're doing like a Lindy Hop, you know, just I've like. I've seen yeah. this in a kung fu movie. It's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sprinkles looks up at you as you do that and just kind of blows a big cloud of cigar smoke and looks at you sadly. Um, she doesn't seem to be enjoying herself, but also she has five hit points, so she cannot let herself get hit. Uh, Juniper, it's your turn. Uh, right. So the win condition for this fight is defeat red uh yeah i will say that whoever kills red gets their wish uh anyone leaving their personal fight will take attacks of opportunity and you will get stabbed in the back but it's on the table um basically she just said like last person living gets what they want battle royale begin (sighs) we'd done a decent amount of damage to red before this happened right it's hard to tell. There is no bloody yeah. condition in fifth uh, fifth edition. I didn't mean to use the word no, condition no, no, twice. No. That's that's fair. <laughs> um, Juniper is going to use the fact that she is currently a bear with an additional health bar that is not her usual one to attempt to attack Red, because if an attack of opportunity happens, it's going to go into the bear da- into the bear health and not Juniper's. Uh, twenty four is that attack of opportunity. 20, 24 is going to hit. How much is the damage? 23. Oh, my Lord. Uh, both of Laser's uh, hand arms or hand faces open up and just shoot streams of like hot fire at you as you turn tail and run back to red. So basically like, two flamethrowers hit you in the back and uh, Laser just <laughs> yells, uh, <laughs> That's not so funny move, Juniper. I didn't see that coming. So, um... I automatically revert to my regular form, but I have successfully detached from that fight and can try and get a big hit in on red. And I'm going to try and capitalize on this opportunity. I'm just taking a quick look at what option I want to go with quickly. Um, I can't believe a bear can't survive two flamethrowers to the face. I thought that was a kind of OP animal. Turns out. Okay, um, I am going to need a, a dexterity saving throw from Red as I cast a fifth level call lightning. Hell yeah. Oh no, her worst stat. Yeah. 16. Uh, you needed... That is, that is a match. You're going to take, what, half damage? Well, you're going to take half damage, but it is going to be, what, 5d10 that I'm rolling? And this is per turn. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, 33 is the roll, unfortunately halved, but that's still what? Uh, 16. 16? Mm-hmm. Pretty good, yeah. So you're facing laser. Uh, you turn around as a bear and start running towards uh, red. You hit with two flamethrowers in the back. It looks like you're just immolated, but then Juniper, perfectly fine, comes out of the smoke and fire uh, with her uh, you know, electric ring held high and actually holding laser's scythe of all things, and then lightning just streaks out of the sky and slams into red. Juniper's thought right now is don't get suckered into fighting everyone else. Like, focus on the objective, because there is only one objective right now, and anything else is... The last thing that Juniper wants to do is get wrapped up in a personal fight while someone else walks around that isn't paired up with someone that Juniper hasn't noticed and goes and slits Red's throat or something. I admire your clarity of purpose, Juniper. It's very much like our commitment to our followers. <laughs> we would do anything just like you would. But on some level, you have to admit some selfishness. You could have gone home at any time. But you've stayed in this fight. <laughs> Is it because you want your foot back? I thought I was going to die for no reason. I thought I, I thought people who misunderstood why I was here were going to kill me. I thought, that, like, I've seen people up here willing to kill each other and die over their ideas. Being sad about my foot feels like the least important thing right now, because all I can think about is the fact that basically everyone who's up here right now has very understandable, reasonable things that they want that we could just stop and talk through, and I'm not going to sit here and be petty and go, ah, oh, well, I, I need... Look, if I, if, I don't, if I don't get what I want out of this end of the world... That's fine. I don't care if I don't get my foot back. I don't care if I can't make a corner of this world that is great for plants. What I don't want is a bunch of us people who are good-hearted and have largely positive aims, not everyone, but largely, to kill each other over having mildly different ideas of perfection. When you say, I don't want my foot back, um, Blazer stops. Um, you know, you, as he's walking, you see like farmland is sprouting up all around him, like the, uh, the riven rows from like a plow in a field are visible at his feet. And you can kind of like, you've like, uh, you know, barbed wire fences are like springing up as if they're part of the environment. Um, but then you say, I don't even care if I get my foot back. And he stops. Um, and, you know, looks at you with six eyes. Uh, yeah. Persuasion with advantage. Okay. Um. I'm not chipping in here because Trian can't say or even <laughs> hear anything because of where he is. Uh -huh. Sound can't even reach him because there's no air. Oh, a crit on the first roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. ah. That is a crit on persuasion. 
That's a crit. So you look at Laser. He walking towards you. Uh, a cow appears <laughs> next to him. Uh, a goat appears. He walks up right next to you. You're you know, holding. appears. You're holding your scythe up. You know, as lightning shoots out of it up into the sky. You're having this conversation while doing this lightning attack, or like you know, maintaining concentration on the lightning attack. Mm. And fire brims in all three of Laser's mouths as he like looks at you, uh, and then he puts his arms on, over your shoulders, like steadying the barrel of a sniper rifle, and fires all three flamethrowers, one over each shoulder and one over your head into red. Did I... Okay, so I'm assuming here that I have successfully convinced Laser to help fight Red, and if Red is defeated, to not just go in and go, my wish, done. Yeah, you crit. Yeah. That's fine. I I just wanted to check this wasn't, like, g- gonna be, haha, okay, yeah, I'm persuaded by you, but also I did win, so, ha, ah, fuck you. <laughs> 43 damage as three streams of fire from the lungs of the god of the sea that are inside of Laser uh, fill with flame and just uh, turn her into a, 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 a raging inferno. Uh, this is actually the second time she's been lit on fire. The, the one time was in the, the Reliquary of Lightning, uh, where, she, where she was lit on fire, I think, by Ray. Uh, and so you've seen this before. Uh, so she is now extremely red. Uh, blood, fire, and her clothing. Uh, and Laser kind of you know lets the fire peter out and looks at you and says, uh, <laughs> you can have your foot back. I appreciate that. I do miss I I do miss getting to do the hops. I was so good at hopping around. <laughs> Another convert to team kill death. Fortunato the plasmoid uh is now clad in gingerbread armor, but inside is a squishy a uh, fluid person, uh, they run up on you and are going to do poison spray and acid spray, one from each hand, uh, as like each the the tips of the gingerbread open up and uh, you know gunk shoots out. Constitution saving throw. Okay, and first uh, I'm going to um, uh, absorb element. Uh, um, s- oh nope, it needed to be sixteen, so this is going to hit, but you have resistance, so it's going to be half. Uh, so you take, <laughs> oh my lord, three damage. <laughs> Dog shit. As you are, you know, covered in gunk and, uh, you know, poisons and slimes and acids, but you just kind of swirl it up uh, into uh, the hammer of the boop. Is that how you kind of absorb it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. It's going to be your turn. Unfortunato says, this land isn't yours. Go home. Um... Yeah, so I, I I I feel like now, yeah, I'm a blood meridian cowboy firefighter. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm gonna be like, um, uh, listen here, I'm I, all I wants is to kill death, and now you. And so I'm going. <laughs> Congratulations, you're now death. I declare <laughs> you sentenced to death. Death. <laughs> um, so I will um, Hunter's Mark onto um, uh, Fortunato, and then I'm going to attack with um, um, with, with uh, the Hammer of the Boop, and uh, that's a 25. Uh, as a reaction, Fortunato whips out the tool of the god that was in the Reliquary of Dessert, 
uh, you never saw what the item in there was. It is a stainless steel icing gun. Yum yum. And then, yeah, um, uh, little boy Justice is gonna like open, like uh, be like swinging. He's gonna like open up his mouth and he's gonna go ah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, Fortunato hoses you down with uh, c- creamy icing from this uh, this weapon, and you are going to take disadvantage as you are all gunked up. Okay. So your 25 needs another roll, and you're actually going to have disadvantage going forward as you are just... <laughs> so the second roll is 26. <laughs> all right, I was going to say you were turned into like a walking icing golem, but instead you just whack this dude in the face with a hammer. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so that's 11 but i'm also going to do um um because i have the uh um absorb elements it's uh 2d6 so that's uh nine so that's um 20 yeah you knock fortunato down into like the rubble of what was once the saloon uh, and she says there's no such joy in the tavern as upon the road there too yeah, you're way further in this book than I am, or I, I assume I've actually finished it. I'm on like I'm, I'm, I'm partway through chapter three. Spoilers. Um, all right, so you start hitting uh, Fortunato with the hammer. Uh, it seems like you're getting the better of them, but they keep spraying you with uh, gooey icing from this, uh, you know, pre-apocalypse uh, icing gun until you are too gooey to continue your attack for the moment. Yeah, but also like, um, yeah, like I am, you know, a. Um, uh, like big, massive, like golem dude who also um, is wearing, you know, like firefighter, uh, old west style stuff. But then mm-hmm. he's also um, uh, like, whenever I'm like, like covered in uh, the frosting, I'm gonna like Scooby Doo style, like massive tongue come out and like, like, cu- like, uh, just like wick <laughs> off my entire face of all the frosting. <laughs> All right, it is now Buddy's turn. Uh, Buddy jumps up on the swag tusk and attempts to run you down Piccolo's strength saving throw. 15 and 14. All right, you take nine damage and you are knocked prone as the swag tusk simply charges into you and runs you over. Uh, just what l- kind of damage is it? Uh, this is just force damage. It's basically a steamroller hits you uh, and it is uh, you know, pretty pretty hellacious. You've never been hit with something uh, this this mad at you. Uh, and Buddy is riding the animal with his flaming iron rod. And now that you are prone, is going to try to hit you with it. Buddy is not a fighter by nature. Is not a particularly gifted combatant. Uh, Twenty two. That's gonna hit. Oh, that's my okay. Uh, and you are going to take. Uh, just six more damage as Buddy starts beating you with the iron rod he got from Juniper. Okay, uh, what kind of damage is that? Uh, this is magical damage from the Reliquary of Death. Uh, I guess necrotic. It is literally the death god's item. All right, if I could get some pussy juice over here whenever you get a chance, <laughs> I'd be down. Holy um, Christ. Uh, <laughs> gosh. Well, yeah, well you gotta, the, problem, the problem with Trayan doing that is... Trayan is up against some something that he really doesn't want to do damage to, and that's the only way he can heal someone whatever, is to do damage. Whatever amount of trickling what, you can give me. What, what, you what you're saying is that Trayan's Trayan's not in a position to provide you pussy juice right now. That's right. That's right. Well, if uh, you get any pussy juice, send it just, my way. Just a crumb. <laughs> <laughs> a morsel. A, tri- a trickle, you know, <laughs> just a <laughs> just a trickle of pussy juice. That that'd be appreciated. Whenever you get some, I'd love it. Oh my god! All right. All right. So I get to. I'm gonna do my thing now, right? 
Yeah, do your thing. 24, 19, 26. Did all those hit? All those hit. Absolutely. Piccolo. Unstoppable. You know, I think it was really fucked up when you brought up books. That was really fucked up. Those are made of trees, you sick fuck. (laughs) 23 crit. 18, 15. So does the crit get anything? No, that just means you max the damage on that die. I just, like, yeah, because I'm so mad about... Yeah. You, know, you never read a book? No, I didn't read a book made out of myself, you sick weirdo. I get it, Piccolo. You're filled with self-loathing because you killed all those people. And even though Sydney says she forgave you, you know on some level she will always be disgusted by your memory. And people will always hate you once they hear your story. And this isn't even about plants and animals. This is about reputation. Right? You you could be like me. You could seize all this opportunity. Take the notes back to the old world. You won't just be rich and famous. You'll be eternal. You'll go down in history. There won't ever be a conversation about exploration that doesn't include your name. But you have to win this to do that. Otherwise, you're just some loser who got wasted at the finish line. You hate your you hate yourself. Wanting to be with animals and putting them above plants. A little weird, dude. I mean, you say that, Mara, you've hit the nail on the head. But he absolutely does hate himself. So he just starts hitting. Well, I'm going to do an intimidation thing and tell him to cut it out. (laughs) And also, Uh you know what? You need to start loving yourself because it's kind of gross and weird how much you hate your own kind, bro. 19. You're going to scare him into (laughs) loving himself. Yeah, that's right. You better start loving yourself today, buddy. All right, 19's very good. Um, here's the thing. Uh, what argument do you make besides love yourself? Is there something more nuanced? Because I think you saying you hate yourself, bro, just makes buddy hit you with harder. But like 19 is very good. So there's, if there's like a Volta in this exchange, I think we can make it work. Buddy, you let yourself hate take you down a path that ain't you. You used to be chill. You used to be cool. You used to want to go with the flow. And now all you can think about is power and gaining stuff and teaming up with animals. What happened, dude? What happened? Animals rock. They're cool. Oh, and check out my dodo. I love this dodo. They have no thoughts ever. Don't look directly in their eyes. You'll get lost. But don't. <laughs> but they're cool. Me and this dodo work together. But that doesn't mean I hate myself. Me loving myself makes me able to love this Dodo even more. Um, I will say with a 19, this is going to work for the moment. It doesn't mean Buddy is like magically fixed and like, oh, I actually don't hate myself anymore. But like you've given him pause. So we'll come back. Uh, Trayan, uh, giant buff pink rabbit is protecting uh, the homunculus sprinkles who you believe killed your friends. So question for one. Um, are there any complications yet for being in this sort of like airless realm around uh, Sprinkles? I'm a fan of the rule of three. This is the second turn. I will say after three, we're going to have a discussion about you having to breathe. Like, uh, Trayan is trying to mouth like words at Sprinkles, like, you know, uh, effectively to the effect of trying to say, you know, where's Gladys? Where's Throg? But again, all you know, no sound comes out, and from Trans' perspective, all this chaos is happening around, and they're just in this silent 
pocket. Uh, in the HBO adaptation, there'd be some like reverb heavy, slow piano stuff going on without any dialogue happening while this is all going on. Uh, now, the other question I was going to have is the the big buff rabbit, is it still holding on to um, P2 at the moment? Yep. Okay. Um, Trans going to try to pull, like, pull it back to get an attack on the rabbit. Um, do I need to do anything to get that to happen? Or is nope, it that's just, just flavor. Okay, got it. Uh, first attack is a 24. Hit. Um, and uh, we'll see here. The damage here is that's an 11 damage. Um, so here's here's the I'm going to test this. Uh, stunning strike. Mm-hmm. Does it? I wonder if it works against the summoned entity. Yeah, well, I gotta make a con save. Correct, a con saving throw against seventeen. All right, uh, this is a pretty buff bunny. We'll see how it works. Uh, Twenty. All right, so Trey doesn't know if it doesn't work. All he knows is that it didn't work this time. Uh, second attack. That's another twenty. That's a twenty-two. Nice. Um, that's gonna be a twelve on that. Uh, this is all still lightning. We'll spend another key point to a flurry of blows. Uh, 16. Does not hit. And then 26. Does hit. And this last one, I'll split the damage. Uh, somehow noticing Piccolo taking damage, so Piccolo gets seven hit points of healing. Um, and so that means total damage dealt here is uh, 30 on the uh, summoned entity. All right, pretty good. Uh, so you try to do like a, a you know chi blocking strike to stun Melfi Rabbi Buff Edition, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and it just looks down at you with just its kind of uh, giant uh, pleading anime eyes, and then it tries to do a overhand like hammer smash. Uh, I botched. My word, I botched. The rolls this episode are rancid. Um, uh, okay. Any consequences for that, Austin? Uh, what do you think is most interesting here? I'm trying to think. You know, counterattack's one option. Um, I, I part of me wants to see if it would be possible for Tran to maybe like move, try to move around it as it slams its fist into the ground and get himself close to Sprinkles to basically kind of put himself between Sprinkles and the, the Rabbi in this case here. Sure. I think that's definitely, uh, you know, the most narratively uh, dynamic thing is like do a slide under the, the rabbit, mm -hmm. like maybe between the legs or something to do like a, almost like a baseball move to get down to Sprinkles level too, because she's, she's so short. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. you're right there. Yeah. And now Train is just sort of like, Train has a sword, you know, gripped in hand, has slid on the ground, so they're more at eye level with Sprinkles. And just sad eyes looking into hers and the mouthing of the, you know, the names Gladys and Throg while uh, that's all going on. All right. Yeah. If you get it right up in her face and then you mouth unmistakably those two names, um, something comes over her and she puts the, the Melfi Rabbi in the discard pile and it desummons. Mm hmm. I was gonna say, I got to make me do a persuasion check at this point, or 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I think we've done uh, persuasion and intimidation. I think the only other uh, charisma thing would be deception, but you're not lying. So yeah, I feel like we've got there naturally. No, that's fair enough. The only reason why I bring that up is that there's actually a very interesting class feature for monk that we never for this monk we never tapped on, and that is there's a thing called draconic presence where if you fail intimidation or persuasion, you can use a reaction to re-roll the result, which is kind of a neat thing. But we don't have to do that. But yeah, but Trayan sees the 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 rabbit being unsummoned, blinks once or twice, then looks back to Sprinkles at that moment, like confused at at that all right one more turn with no air Treyan. as we go back to juniper uh juniper you and laser have maxed your social link um you have a lightning spell concentrated on okay um i'm i'm gonna throw some more lightning at red so i'm gonna need another deck save oh no well, maybe some of the things she's good at you could attack 14 that's not nah, gonna that's do not it. gonna do it let me roll that 5d10. Come on. 41 damage. Uh, that's going to be 82 damage as Laser does fire from all three of his oh. mouths uh, to assist you. And it's a lightning and fire storm, a bonanza you unleash on the God of Peace. I feel like I'm supposed to be stopping and thinking about the irony of all this violence I'm enacting on the God of Peace, but I'm just very happy to have finally gotten off a good attack roll. <laughs> Stop being indecisive. Stop being indecisive. Yep. Uh, yeah, so Red is uh, seems in a bad way. She like falls to one knee. Her clothes are all like melted. Uh, it seems like she's trying to reload her gun, but a bunch of the the bullets, so you know, by the fire and the lightning, start going off and like shooting into the floor. Um, so now it's not good. All all I need to do now is keep an eye open for anyone that tries to be sneaky and get a kill steal at the last second. Uh, interesting, you I'm, say I'm, that. I'm watching. It's funny you say that, Laura. Can I get a perception check? 18. That's pretty good. Yeah, you see uh, two people who are approaching, uh, Gale and uh, Walter. Walter's riding on a Displacer Beast. Uh, Gale's just flying. They are arriving late. They were, you know, holding off the other Fortunato siblings who, looking around, don't appear to have made it. Uh, you don't know if they're dead, but they got beat up and left behind. So uh, help is arriving. I think, in fact, Gale says, You need anything, Juniper? Uh, we we just need you keeping an eye out to make sure no one evil comes in and kill steals. Cause like we, I'm pretty confident we can we can do this. We just need to not have someone swoop in while I'm trying to like get the lightning ready. Uh huh. Um, I will say there are two other people unaccounted for. Uh, Sid. That is Sydney, the uh, elf bard, and of course Zana, the half the half elf. Yes, uh, this this is what I'm worried about. <laughs> um, but yeah, w Walter and Gail are approaching. Um, I think she when she called out and asked if you needed anything, you said to keep an eye out. So she is going to uh, start playing a song on her guitar and cast uh, detect magic. Um, and she says, uh, "Oh, there's a lot of magic. Oh, there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh oh." Yep, there there is a lot of magic. Is 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 any of it 
shaped like a person who's not out here publicly fighting. Um, because you got an 18, I've given you two characters and a detect magic here. I think um, Gale is about to f find what you want, but I needed a 20 to give it to you this moment. Uh, so mm. let us move to Fortunato, who says to uh, little boy Justice, Your brain doesn't work. I'm doing you a favor. And casts Blight. Constitution saving throw. Uh-oh. Ten. Uh-oh. That's not going to do it. Uh, Blight is a necrotic damage spell. You take 41. 41? Okay, wait. Can I... Um, uh, let me see. Uh, I don't think this qualifies for absorb elements. Yeah, I, I do have here. A, wait, does absorb element do necrotic or no? I don't think so, but let's just double check uh, for you. Acid, cold, fire, lightning, thunder. No! Necromantic energy washes over a creature of your choice. You can see within range, draining moisture and vitality from it. You just get dry as fuck. Oh no! Uh, wait, 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 You, you get wait, the wait, opposite wait. of like when you prune up in the bath. <laughs> that, but in reverse. Um, you're like super dehydrated. You're becoming um, okay. jerky. No, but I'm going. I'm going to use um, uh, my stones endurance to take ten off of that. All right. Yeah. So Fortunato like plunges their uh, you know hand, which is like covered in this gingerbread, into your side, and then the goo inside of the gingerbread starts like sucking out your moisture, like uh, some kind of you know lamprey or leech or something. Um, and you only because of your Goliath skin, you know, or is it not you know a fatally deep wound? And it is your turn. So yeah, I'm going. Faces <laughs> nothingness there. For, uh, first and foremost, um, but also as I like, as I like do like my like moan in like agony. Um, I'm no, I'm no, I like I noticed that like yeah like um uh, uh um like like uh Gail and like Walter like came and uh, the Fortunato siblings did not seem to make it. Um, so, you know, that, I mean, that's just an interesting, I don't know, has, has Fortunato noticed that his, uh, that, 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 that their siblings don't seem to be, uh, of this world anymore? Uh, it's, it's difficult to say. Um, well, I mean, I'm going to just sort of bring that up to them and sort of just like point that out that like, yeah, no, it's, it seems, it's, it seems like you might uh want to help us uh kill death uh so that we uh, we could maybe bring back your siblings because it seems like they uh ate shit and died that's very selfish and exactly what's wrong with you your biome would create demand from all over the world people will rush here from every corner and kill each other in the process the bloodshed will be unimaginable um, you know, that, that is a good point. Um, I'm, I, I, I guess, um, I'm going to counter that by, uh, killing you and not bringing back your siblings. Um, and I'm going to swing with my, uh, short sword. Um, so yeah, I do, uh, 13 for that. That, that one doesn't hit, right? 13 does not hit. Okay. 14? Nope. Fuck! Um, 
<laughs> to quote another Cormac McCarthy work, uh, Fortunato says, Nothing is crueler than a coward, and the slaughter to come is probably beyond our imagining, and it is your fault. And as they, yeah, you know, block all of uh, little boy Justice's sword and hammer swings with their their gingerbread armor. Uh, of all the fights, it seems like little boy Justice is the one who's going to lose. Uh, we are back oh, no. to Buddy and Piccolo. Oh no! Um, <laughs> uh, Piccolo, uh, you are kind of under the swag tusk. Buddy is on top. He was hammering you with the iron rod, but has stopped um, because you rolled a nineteen. What, what do you want to say or do here? I don't know, man. I feel like we can both get what we want if we just go kill the god. That's my opinion. And uh, I don't know. And You could still hang out with animals if we make this new biome. There's animals in there. They can hang out. There's a lot of space for animals. The plant Animals need plants. Right? Swag Tusk, can you back me up? You love eating them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you know what? To 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 sew this fight up, animal handling. Twenty. I've convinced the swag tusk. Absolutely, there's no other way this could have gone. In hindsight, I can't believe we ever thought it could be any other way. A twenty on animal handling. Uh, Piccolo, you win your fight. Pay me the picture of how. The first of all, me and the the swag tusk and I are now bros. Uh, Buddy and I are bros, and Buddy no longer hates himself. <laughs> was it just you asking the swag tusk what it wanted? Was there more to that, or was that just like all it took? Well, I mean, I just once I convinced the swag tusk, of course, Buddy's gonna go along. Swag tusk is cool. <laughs> They're bonded psychic psychically. If someone convinced my dodo, I mean, you can't really convince a dodo of anything. There's nothing. There's no nothing in there. But you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> sure i'm just curious if there's anything more to that like it was just well i just thought maybe the swag tusk would look back up at buddy and be like he's right dude mm -hmm. i do gotta eat plants okay <laughs> and then uh buddy's like yeah you're right i guess i i will be famous and rich enough off my own research i don't need the maps and juniper stuff but come on i would have been so cool it would i would have been yeah, but then you would have always known it wasn't really you. So any accomplishments you have now are going to be 100% you, dude. Okay, I still don't want Little Boy Justice to bring that animals stabbing bastard back. Well, we can just kill Little, little Boy Justice before he does that. It's fine. On board. Sick. <laughs> All right, sick. All right. Pound it, dude. <laughs> Trayan, you are down at Sprinkles levels. Uh, you mouth Gladys Throg to her. She unsummons the buff bunny. What do you do next? This is your last turn here before you run out of air. Um, well, so like my thought is that Tran looks at uh, Sprinkles flashback to like the times that in Dragon Quest Throg has talked quite a bit to Gladys and Tran about like you know needing to be able to kill when necessary and stuff like that um, there is a twitch arm raises with P2 in hand um, 
before Train simply releases the sword and I wouldn't say like collapses, but just sort of like, like he goes a little limp in resignation that he can't go through with like killing Sprinkles in this instance here. Because like, yeah, it's like the, the, the sword comes up and sort of like looks in Sprinkles eyes and then he just the sword releases, falls down, hits the ground. Um, it doesn't make a loud clanging noise, but the vibration is felt through the controllers when you're playing this in the uh, Xbox Series X adaptation, like in Dead Space, you know, um, because sounds not traveling through the air, you know. And there's uh, and and of course, there's at least one tear like rolling down Trey's cheek as he's just sort of conflicted about basically getting vengeance, but also just being like incapable of just going through with actually uh, killing Sprinkles in this instance. I think Sprinkles uh, reaches into her bag of holding behind her capelet and uh, pulls out something and it's kind of awkward to get it out just because the angles and it's a small bag holding a big item and she has to kind of struggle with it. But eventually she pulls out a big uh, magic pickaxe and she drops it onto the ground in front of you. Hmm, that's very interesting. Very interesting. I'm trying to kind of respond to that because I'm because the implication of what that means is still not entirely clear. Just like, yeah, as uh, Trans confusion is visible on his face, seeing what appears to be Throg's pickaxe from their journey, uh, Sprinkles reaches into her bag of holding and pulls out uh, with some difficulty a pickaxe and drops it on the ground in front of you. Wait, wait, so there's two pickaxes? Oh, a second pickaxe, right. And then, uh, with some difficulty, Sprinkles reaches into her bag of holding and pulls out a pickaxe and drops it onto the ground in front of you. Uh, upon seeing this, Trayan, running out of breath, sort of blinks a few times uh, and then carefully hugs Sprinkles. Absolutely. Do you, out of character, want to explain why? Or do we think the audience understands what's happening? I can explain out of character for the others here. We can leave the uh, bit for the audience. Uh, uh, out of there for audience. Uh, uh, out of character, in Dragon Quest, um, Cosmion's character, Gladys, had a plan um, to take the weapons from the reliquaries and duplicate them so that they were there was no longer just one per person but multiples that could be given out to as many people who need them basically and if this has been done with the pickaxe that means gladys was not only successful but is alive yes so basically yeah so basically the one of the plans from dragon quest has been successful and somehow uh, there is a way to duplicate the reliquary items and such like that. So, and this presumably means that Trayan no longer is in immediate need of bringing anyone back to life. While true, he can't communicate that with anyone else because there's no air around him, so no one can hear him talk. Oh so fuck! Just... That's so good. I just realized this. This is not. Yeah. Oh my god. So what if you pass out from? from loss of air you don't die but you can't tell everyone hey we don't need to do this incredibly risky things my friends are okay 
I, well, to be to be fair, we still have at least one person in the team who does also still want revival land to happen. Oh, sure, sure, sure. I mean, that's completely fine. Uh, this is, but this I do think, um, if it's fine for Trayan to hug Sprinkles and then immediately just go limp on the ground, uh, just passing out just immediately from it. He goes from seventy-eight hit points down to unconscious in one fell swoop. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the most interesting thing because, yeah, while you know Piccolo still wants to bring Peter back, we are avoiding a long conversation where Trayan's like, "Hey, uh, I th- I don't need this anymore, and uh, we can make a less interesting season two seasons from now." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it, it is a nice little bit of irony, and uh, I will say, yeah, well, I'm, I'm glad Trayan is glad, glad Trayan's a coward and cowarded out of killing the sweet little precious sprinkles, you know. <laughs> I mean, then you would need the respawn pool. That is true. Oh, yeah. Juniper, it's your turn. I was going to have, just going to put my cards on the table here, Zana, invisibly, which is a spell she can get as a bard, uh, sneak up and stab Red through the heart from the back. But you, when I gave you the option to ask uh, your girlfriend for something, you asked her to look for somebody sneaking around. And so uh, you have solved my sneak puzzle. Hooray! Uh, <laughs> Uh, G- Gail says, uh, right behind Red! Uh, and there's like a shimmering, like, predator cloak of Zana sneaking up. And she has, uh, the jewel encrusted, the, the, uh, rapier, which she got when the trivia dropped it in the storm. She was invisible, waiting to get her weapon back. And she is, uh, leaping forward, lunging to kill Red. Okay. What do you do? I feel like the two options here are, Try and hit Zana to stop her, or try and get one attack in on Red to get the kill before Zana reaches. And between the two, what I know about Zana is that Zana has managed to not be engaged in this whole fight, which means that Zana is probably very healthy and a very challenging fight ahead still, whereas the impression I get with Red is that one really good hit might be enough to do it. Juniper, with laser right by her side, is going to use the scythe to slice one final hit into red. Oh my god, do you do the thing from the end of G Gundam where you and laser take the scythe together? <laughs> it's it's the bit in the mech anime where both people in the mech have to turn their keys to do the one big attack and it's gonna like ah oh, it's gonna burn the engines out, but we're gonna do it. Oh. Uh, so red is prone and you have a friend. So you get the uh, very rare and only spoken of in hushed tones, triple advantage. <gasps> oh, uh, so. Triple advantage, oh boy. Okay, let's, we got... let's see if we hit with triple advantage. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't seen this in weeks. Uh. Okay, so. Um, we've got a 15, a 17, and a 25. Does one of those hit? Oh, that was so close. The AC was 18, so you do (laughs) hit. I do need need the triple triple advantage. advantage. Thank you, Austin. (laughs) All right. Uh, Uh, Paint me the picture. This is a, this is a, uh, you know, a killing blow. Red is being, you know, pummeled from every side. Everybody's attacking her. She looks up at you. Do you have a last interaction here? Thank you. And I'm, Sorry, it had to come to this. It's on you now. Whatever happens, the blood's on your hands, Juniper. 
I'd rather it be on my hands than me pretend that indecision absolved me of any of it. <laughs> That's not fair. I was going to hit her first. Well, I was going to not suck, so... <laughs> Excuse me, if anyone sucks here, it's you. And you're missing a foot, and I have two feet, so who's really on steady ground here? You don't even know what you're talking about, and also, like, what if that's not right? And also, you're a bad person for killing a god. Uh, Juniper's going to throw the severed foot at Zana in, in an attempt to intimidate. <laughs> Ew! That's disgusting! You're so gross! Ugh, you're so uh, that's weird. I get advantage on intimidation. <laughs> uh, Twelve. At least it wasn't the four it was originally going to be as Juniper throws her foot at Zana. <laughs> yeah, so you throw the foot at Zana, which knocks her off balance psychologically just long enough for you to finish the fight. Uh, paint me the picture of you killing the god of peace. Uh, with with Laser's hand still uh, on, on the scythe, uh, Juniper is going to attempt to cleave straight between the body and the head, just right through the neck. Perfect. A clean kill. You decapitate Red. Her head goes rolling across the saloon floor. And from her corpse and her blood, a ring around her of foliage begins spreading out as the land begins taking on the characteristics that we've discussed throughout the last arc of the season uh we can talk about this all over again um <laughs> it's like it's, the trade is unconscious unless somebody wakes him up to help with zana so <laughs> yeah actually that's interesting so this all this foliage is spreading i think as it goes underneath Trayan, obviously it overwrites the the you know paintbrush effect that sprinkles was having so the air rushes back in and you can uh you know you can stand up and uh enter the scene when you want to Trayan. um but yeah this the, the air plants we discussed spread across the, the ground. Uh, what was a featureless kind of void into the nothingness below you becomes a nutrient-rich ocean. Um, above you, there are the floating crystals, as Mari described. Everyone get a hand on this ball and kind of describe the ecosystem. Oh, there's air plants. You can Google air plants. They have really cool uh, colors. And they feed off of the moisture and nutrients in the air and things that are dead that fall onto their roots and rot on top of their roots. So they absorb that. Um, I'd like to think that because of the way that we have the air plants as a focal thing, the way that the air looks in general and the sky looks in general is rather different because I would say the air is un is unusual for us. Um, nutrient dense so the sky isn't blue all the time it's it has a weird hues uh, cast depending on the nutrients that are found in it basically you can almost think of it as how there's a variety of soil types due to nutrient content there's a variety of air gradients based on nutrients found in the air itself also the vibe storms are uh absolutely chill <laughs> yeah there's also um I, 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 I'm imagining like just like a uh, a massive spire that's like shooting up from like the base to like like high up above like 
Um, it's like a gothic spire that's like jagged, like a um, like a vine that's like sort of knotted together and covered in thorns. Um, and it's and it is the um, the massive uh, firehouse. <laughs> it's all seeing uh-huh. and um, uh, looking out over everything and like watching everyone at all times. <laughs> okay, the panopticon vine. <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's okay because it's just for fires. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that the Panopticon is only for fires. <laughs> of all the things, uh, of all the things that, of all the things this character could have done, it could have gone so much worse. Yeah, no, it's it's a, it's a it's a Panopticon. Um, it's like you know, it's very like gothic and threatening, but it om- it's only for fire safety. I like to believe that different vibe storms give you different cool vibes. Like, each of them is a different chill drug. You know, some of them are mushrooms. Like, you know, you hallucinate a little. Other are weed. You know, it's fun. And then, like, different people can chase, chase different storms for fun. There's one coming in. And they always make you feel good. Austin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Austin. I'm so scared you're going to be like, and now here's like meth storm or something. I'm so scared. <laughs> we, 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 we won. We get to have the ending now. It's, we get yeah, to- we, we get what we want. That, yeah. This is how it works. I just want a place. I want a place where people can go and just like feel better. That's all I wanted. <laughs> it's funny you say that, which is something I feel like I'm saying a lot today. But uh, both in and out of character, there's an interesting uh, kind of uh, kismet here because you're like, oh no, please let it be peaceful. Don't twist this. But that was Red's whole motivation is that anything that's sufficiently desirable will be fought over. And so the, the, you're in perfect alignment with the antagonist's motivation. She was like, I just want to make something good. I just want it to be perfect. And there is no perfect because A, the world is not perfect. And B, we're playing a game about conflict. Yeah. Um, uh, for Juniper, I, I think I think the, the main thing that she's sort of watching unfold is as plant life is sort of springing into being around this area, some of it sort of starts to glow a little bit, some of it seems to be moving a little more than you would expect plants to be able to, and watching plants start to form that are going to have a greater degree of resilience or ability to avoid being damaged by by people. Uh, just just a degree of hardiness and ability to move out the way of something that's trying to do it harm uh, as plant life starts to take on a bit of a new form. And inversely, you have water structures where there's one half is underwater and the other half goes above water effectively. So almost like a root structure that erupts up from the water like a fountain frozen in time. Um Piccolo says, damn, girl, do those roots go all the way up? <laughs> all the way up and all the way down. Uh, I'll oh let you know. God, yeah. uh, Buddy looks Whoa. disgusted at this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, it's, 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 very, it's very obscene for Buddy. It's just like, you, you have it all out there? Come on, have some decency. Have some modesty. Cover yourself up. You know, be more uh, plant Christian. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> this is what Buddy was talking about. Plants are disgusting. <laughs> what kind of animals are here? Should we get into that? Uh, I think there's got to be 
there's got to be a certain degree of traditional farm animals because right. uh, Laser was, was you know, did have a hand on that scythe as it did the kill. I feel like Laser gets uh, gets an input there. Well, I mean, we already have vines. We have bovines already. Easy, done, Jesus simple. Jesus Christ. Oh, my God, you're right. So that's... Yeah, that's, no, that's... It's, it's vines that are just cattle, and they're just yeah, like... That's right. Yeah. That, that, yeah. that just sort of, like, creep and crawl along the surface of anything. <laughs> and they're all, like, like bunched together um, and, like, tied together for this, like, sort of, like, rope that binds them all. Um, last point of note. Um, I, I, I propose a floating puff little thing there. There's a plant. It's called a palm meranian. Um, oh, my God. Just, <sighs> you, you're welcome. Yeah, someone, uh, I please, audience, in the in the gap between the seasons, please, I need a big list of, like, animal plant puns like that. Pomeranian is a good one. Let's get that ball rolling. I expect it on my desk in the next nine months. <gasps> oh, oh, I've got one. Elmlephant. There we go. <laughs> Let's fucking go. What about underwater? That's a big question. I assume uh, that that is where the resurrection stuff is. Um, before we started recording, I should say, you put in the chat, Mari, something about the, I think you called it the well of resurrection. Yes, I pulled the message up, uh, which uh, we've never said this explicitly, but I'm imagining at the bottom of this ocean, there is just a deep, dark hole. And if you like throw somebody's body part in there, the person will just float back out is how I'm picturing this. See and that's why I always keep the head of anyone I care about, just in case. That's what I'm picturing exactly, is you going down and putting Peter's head into this well of resurrection, as you call it, which is just uh, a, a bottomless, fathomless pit at the bottom of the ocean. So like, it is still a, uh, you know, a, a quest, a journey to revive someone. It is not an, uh, an infinitely easily accessible safe point for everyone who dies forever. You have to have people care about you enough to keep your head. I like that idea a lot. I also want to throw out that I just thought of Hippopoto Moss. <laughs> yes! Oh, that's, that's good. Suck that's it, Pokemon Company. Right Sorry, you've you've given me you've given me a pun format, and if you learnt anything from from the season I did as um as a Neelix. Uh, 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 I will. I will come up with puns. They'll be terrible, but I'll do puns for you. Uh, but yeah, everyone's okay with the well of resurrection. Um, I I love this. Uh, this means that Peter can come back. Uh, it does mean that Vimble cannot, and I would love to see those social consequences because his body has been lost. I I really like the well of resurrection as a as a as a structural idea. Okay, because once again, uh, this is a future season we're setting up here, so I think it's important to think through the consequences of this uh, as far as like narrative uh, substructure goes, like as far as um, foundation goes. So if this was a thing where everyone who ever died anywhere showed up, that would be an extremely different uh, set of circumstances and contexts than uh, some people will come with the bones of their loved ones to ask. I to be yeah. you know brought back i i think that this is maybe a thing that it's not a guarantee that the person will come back that it is maybe a difficult journey to get down there like if you are not someone who is already you know lives and can breathe underwater 
there is a chance that you may not be able to make that journey successfully, that this is something that is a long, a long shot and a big risk, but something that does exist as an option. Which leads, I think, naturally to like the party for season 11 is people who, uh, you know, uh, offer to take the body parts of people down there on a quest for them or something. Yeah. Which is uh, in contrast to say if we're like, oh, what brings people back is there's like a, a fruit that grows here that you can like, you know, put the juice on your bo bones and they'll come back. And then that becomes a season about people like hoarding and fighting over and smuggling that fruit. Yeah, this is not a usable resource. This is something that there is indeed a market for people who are like, I want my, my person to come back, but I'm also not going to risk me dying to have that happen. You, you go do it. <laughs> Okay, I like that. So if if we all agree, I think we've we've shaped this place. Is everyone uh, happy? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. And so with one fluid movement, Laser and Juniper strike Red's head from her shoulders, and a fountain of blood splashes onto Zana, outlining her in a way which makes her kind of a visible. Uh, to everyone. She was like under an invisibility spell and now there is a kind of bloody outline of a half-elf here and she says if you thought Walter's blood uh, let me summon a cool demon what do you think the blood of a god is going to do? I saw a spark against the dark and we erupt but it's a slow burn we take our chance and start to dance can see enough to know to turn around The sound of a bonfire carries over fences Titillates our senses, but we don't need the heat A chill wind is pushing you into me And it's looking like we might be burning Might be burning, might be burning down But we're a bonfire, we keep putting in We keep putting in Oh, we're a bonfire, I keep putting in, you keep putting in. I take your hand, but you demand a different love, a different touch. So off we go to burn below. The kindling wasn't quite enough. The sound of a bonfire carries over fences, titillates our senses, but we don't need the heat. A chill wind is pushing you into me And it's looking like we might be burning Might be burning Might be burning down But we're a bonfire I keep putting in You keep putting in Oh, we're a bonfire I keep putting in You keep putting in cold but i don't care i pull against you and i smell your hair and i hear crickets all around and in the night i think they might see your light because we're a bonfire but we're a bonfire i keep putting in you keep putting in oh we're a bonfire i keep putting in you keep putting in. 